God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its water roars and foams, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her to break at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exhorted among the nations. I will be exhorted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thanks, Tim. That's actually quite hard standing up here, so well done, Tim. It's great to have the kids in amongst us. It's a reminder to us that we are all together God's people, young and old, and that we're all significant to Him. We all need to come under His Word. So kids, Tim's read it for us, thank you Tim. See if you can understand what this psalm, this great psalm means. It starts like this, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. That's how this ancient song starts. It's a pretty big thing for the songwriter to say though, isn't it? We will not fear. How can he say that? I mean, in many ways, the songwriter's world is far, far more dangerous than our own world. Israel was surrounded by hostile enemies who, if they defeated you, would do terrible things to you. Imagine for us, if Indonesia fell to an enemy... And then Darwin and New Zealand had fallen as well. 
And the only thing between us and a brutal force enemy was Kubapedi. I'm not sure I could share the songwriter's confidence and say in that case, we will not fear like he does. In fact, is it really possible to be without fear in this world at all? Even when life's going relatively smoothly, is it realistic to think that people can be fearless? It's easy enough to say that we will not fear, but being fearless in life, it sounds incredibly attractive, but it sounds a bit like a dream. If we're honest, our fears are very real, even in our world today. On a kind of large scale, we we fear terrorism, we fear global warming, we fear economic slowdown. And then on a personal level, we can have all sorts of fears. We can fear cancer, we can fear marriage breakdown, we can fear for our safety or our kids' safety, we can fear loneliness, fear failure, we can fear our peers, rejection, fear depression, fear running out of money, we can fear death. It's hard to imagine being without fear. And it doesn't really help that journalists speak to our fears to get an audience and politicians play to our fears to get elected. Wouldn't you love to be able to share the songwriter's confidence? Wouldn't you love to just be able to face life fearlessly? Wouldn't you love it if we could sing this song? Well, like last week, our job today is to find out why the songwriter is so confident to start with and then to figure out if we can share his confidence so let's have a close look at this song and, and see why the songwriter is so confident that God will be for them their strength and refuge. Last week, the reason that the songwriter could be so confident was because he was David, we saw, God's chosen king. But that's not the case this week. Look at the song's heading. For the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. This time we don't know exactly who the songwriter is and we don't know exactly when he wrote it. The Sons of Korah were a family of temple musicians that operated for several generations, uh, about two and a half thousand years ago, or a bit over actually. So we've actually got to look deeper into the song, into the words, to find out why the songwriter is so confident. When we do that, we discover that his confidence in God is there for three reasons. He's confident in God because God is king over creation. He's confident in God because God is king over the nations. And he's confident in God because God is king over history. Have a look at verses 1 to 3 where we see that he's confident because God is king over creation. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. In poetic language, the songwriter pitches this crazy natural disaster where there's an earthquake so big that the mountains are toppling into the ocean. And then there's kind of a tsunami that rushes forward and hits the mountains again and causes them to shake again. And even in such a massive natural disaster, he says, they don't need to fear. God is king over creation. He's not threatened by natural disasters. The forces of nature are not unpredictable to him. Nothing can happen outside of God's controls. So the 
songwriter says, why be afraid? The next reason the songwriter is so confident is because God is king over the nations. Look at verse 6. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. In some ways, the nations are also like waves. One rolls in and crashes and another takes its place. One nation rises up, falls down and another superpower follows it. Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, they all roll in one after the other or superpowers that are a bit more recent, Napoleon, Britain, the Nazis, America, who'll be next? China, New Zealand, who knows? But we're guaranteed that one nation will rise up after another nation. When we look at our world, it, it can be a pretty scary place. But even though the nations roar and rage around him, the the songwriter says, so what? Why be afraid? When God roars, when God lifts his voice in verse 6, in a battle cry, the earth melts. God is far more fearsome than the nations, which is why fear of God is the one fear that cures all other fears. The third reason the songwriter is so confident is because God is king over history. Look at verse 8. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. God is terrifying as, as we've just seen, but He is also good. He uses His awesome power to end war in this world. But we can look at the world and think, really? Is that what's going on? Because it feels like there's a lot of war in this world. That's true, isn't it? One way of looking at this world is to think, what on earth is God doing? It's common for people to say that they don't believe in God because of the suffering that they see in this world. Like my doctor, who, um, when he found out that I was a minister and I had been a pharmacist, he, he couldn't get past it. Not Brian Robertson, by the way. A specialist and he said to me look at Syria look at the children that are dying there he even said to me I don't mean to be rude but what about your mum she died when you were 20 how could God allow such suffering that's why I don't have faith and I said to him I know what you mean there's lots that we don't understand lots that we can't understand and I said to him but I don't have enough faith to be an atheist I said to him, why should you look at Syria and the children that are dying there and even care? Why should Syria be a problem for you? Without God, it's not a problem. It's just neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Why should we care? Now, none of us can handle that way of thinking, or at least the great majority of us are disgusted by that, thank goodness. But why is that? The best explanation is because there really is a God and God really does care about His world and He's caused us to share His concern. It's imprinted on us from Him. It matters to Him that evil nations rule. We don't understand the details, should we really expect to? But what we see in history is that God doesn't let evil regimes go on forever. 
they all fall. The songwriter sees this. He sees that God is king over history. And more importantly, he sees that God will be king over history. Look at verse 10. God says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God is going to establish his own rule. He's not going to let the the nations be in uproar forever. Be still, it means two things. It means cease. And this is God saying to the nation, stop. Stop your rebelling. Give it up. But it also means relax. Don't worry. And this is God saying to his people, don't worry, I'm in control. Have confidence in my kingdom that it's coming, that I'm going to shatter the spear forever. God is king over creation. God is king over the nations. God is king over history. These are the three reasons that the songwriter is so confident in God. But so what? Just because God's like that, why should that make the songwriter confident? See, what we haven't seen yet is why the songwriter is so confident that God's going to protect them. Why is he going to be king over those things for them? Well, have a skim through the whole song with me because the reason why stands out pretty clearly when you go looking for it. Look at verse 1. God is ever-present. Verse 4. The city is the city of God. It's God's holy place where He dwells. Verse 5. God is within her, she will not fall. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is like a a chorus in the song, actually, because look at verse 11, it's, it's repeated. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Why is the songwriter so confident that Jerusalem won't fall? How can he be so fearless? Well, it's because... God dwells in Jerusalem. God is with them. He's confident that God will protect His people because God dwells with His people. Do you see what's going on with this song? This song is all about where you should look for your security. The songwriter's in Jerusalem, a fortress city, a city surrounded by a massive wall, Now, we don't really get this here in Australia because as far as I know, we don't have any walled cities. And even if we did, walls, they don't offer security anymore, do they? For the last 500 years since the invention of the cannon, walls are pretty much useless to us. But imagine living over two and a half thousand years ago in Jerusalem and all that stood between you and slavery and death were your walls when the nations were in uproar all around you, you would be pretty thankful to be in a fortress city. But the songwriter is saying, no, their security doesn't lie in what they can see. Jerusalem is not their fortress. The God of Jacob is their only fortress. The songwriter is is lifting their eyes to see a clearer picture of reality. It's very easy to put your confidence in what you can see to feel secure because of the solid rock against your hand that you can touch and see and and know is there between you and your enemy. That's real comfort, isn't it? 
That, that's real security. No, it's not, the songwriter says. That's not where real security lies. Lift your eyes, the songwriter is urging them. True security lies with God dwelling with his people. That's exactly why the songwriter says, even if there's an earthquake, they won't fear. Even if those solid walls go from offering protection to suddenly threatening to fall down on top of you, they don't need to fear because their security lies in God dwelling with his people. And it's exactly why the songwriter talks about the nations in uproar. Because the other great threat to your fortress was a nation that was strong enough and determined enough to break through your walls. But again, they have no reason to fear because God dwells with them. God could easily deal with the nations and He does deal with the nations. The songwriter is so confident that God will protect them because it's God's city. He dwells there with His people. He's their fortress. He's their true security. It's a great song. It sounds incredibly attractive, doesn't it? But can we share it? Well, like last week, the answer is no. We're not in Jerusalem. We're in Adelaide. And even if we were to move to Jerusalem, we're not Israelites. In a a real sense, this is not our song. And even if we were Israelites living in Jerusalem, even still this wouldn't really be our song because there's no temple there now. God's people turned their back on Him. They were unfaithful to Him time and time again. God warned them, And warn them until eventually he said to them, I'm not going to dwell with you any longer. The prophet Ezekiel saw God's presence move from the temple to the temple wall to leave Jerusalem altogether. It's a chilling picture. Because to be separated from the presence of God is to have every reason to fear. And unless God dwells with us, this can't be our song. And we can't share the songwriter's fearlessness. But like we saw last week, and as you can probably see already, even though this song is not naturally ours, Jesus makes it our song. Even though God's people were unfaithful, He doesn't give up on them. In Jesus, God comes to His unfaithful people to dwell among them. Have a look at John 1, 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. In John 2, Jesus calls Himself the temple of God. He's Emmanuel, God come to dwell with us. And in Jesus, God exalts Himself over the nations, but not by lifting Himself up in the uproar and the arrogance and the pride of the nations. God displays His true glory and power as Jesus is lifted up on the cross for us. Jesus dies in our place so that God can be our refuge and strength, our true security despite our failures. When you think about it, as that spear pierces Jesus' side, God is shattering the spear. And through Jesus, God now dwells with His people, not in an earthly city, not in Jerusalem, not in any one physical location. He dwells in us, in His people, by His Holy Spirit, God's people. We are the the temple of God. 
what Jesus has done on the cross is that powerful that God now lives within us. Since this is true, what can we possibly fear? If God dwells within us, we're, we're guaranteed that God will always be for us, our strength and refuge, our ever-present help in trouble, our fortress. If God dwells within us, no danger now can ever cut us off <clears throat> from our true source of security. And last week, we saw in Romans 8.31, Paul say that if God is for us, who can be against us? In verse 35, he goes on to say, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Even in all those terrible things, trouble, hardship, persecution, death. Paul says we're more than conquerors. How can he possibly say that? Verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, Paul has eyes to see what the songwriter sees. Because of Jesus, God dwells with us. And so nothing can separate us from God and His love. We're already more than conquerors. And so we can be fearless. We can be fearless that no matter what happens in this life, we're safe for all eternity. Not even death can separate us from true life because true life is eternal life with God. We're guaranteed that a day is coming when everyone will see that Jesus is exalted above all the nations. A day is coming when Jesus is going to cry out one last time, be still to every evil in this world and he'll bring evil to a final end. And at the same time, he's going to cry out, be still to us, his people. It's going to be okay. We see this day that's coming in Revelation 21. John sees the new Jerusalem, our Jerusalem, where we do belong. And listen to what God says to us in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. The reality is that in this life, it's very easy to trust in our own walls for security rather than God. We can find security in our health or in our relationships or in our money. And it's very easy to think that life exists now in, in what we make of it, in our collection of happy experiences, or our family, our property, or our self-fulfillment. It's very easy to think that because these things feel more tangible, that they're more reliable. But the reality is it doesn't take very much at all to shake these things and for them to come toppling down around us. We need to lift our eyes. Our only strength, our only refuge is Jesus come to dwell with us so that we can dwell with God. 
And when we take refuge in Jesus, nothing can threaten that. When your security is in God, your life can be in danger because the walls are literally shaking. Like my friend in Christchurch, New Zealand. This is a house from there, it's not his house. But he was telling me about what it was like when everything was shaking in the house. The natural fear that you feel as as you're trying to pull the kids under the kitchen table. But he said, you can see your kids there, but because the ground is moving, you, you literally can't move to grab them. And he was telling me that even though there's that kind of natural fear, at the same time, there's a deeper confidence in God. That even though the walls could crash in on you and your life could be over, they had nothing to fear because God holds their lives in His hands. Their future was with Him and it was imperishable. When your security is in God, your life can be in danger from the people around you. Like Christians we know overseas. Missionaries we know who face the real possibility of physical danger. And there's absolutely a natural fear kind of background ongoing tension but when you talk to them you know they have an even deeper confidence in God that even though their lives might be in danger they have nothing to fear this confidence in God is what took them there and it's what keeps them there God holds his lives in their hands their future with him is imperishable it's Evie's fourth birthday today and I was telling you last week that she was born 12 weeks Premi, three months early. That day when she was born, I'd, I'd sat with Kathy the whole day while she had contractions, but they had eventually stopped, and so I drove one and a half hours home to look after the other three kids. And I'd been home for about 20 minutes when I got this message. I trawled through and found it. Come back, don't panic, but I'm going to deliver soon. And so, what do you think I did? I panicked. <laughs> I did the hour and a half trip in an hour. And I was afraid on one level. But on a deeper level, as I ran into the ward and had to piece together from the nurse that Evie had been born and that Kathy was in recovery because she'd had an emergency caesarean. And as the nurse said to me, take a seat and in five minutes you can go and meet Evie. And then as the five minutes turned into 20 minutes... And eventually I went to the nurse's station and said, look, if something's wrong, I just want to know. My heart was racing. My mind was racing. On one level, I was afraid. But on an even deeper level, I was fearless. Because no matter what happened, we couldn't lose. Because life exists by God's side with Jesus. And nothing could threaten that. Luther apparently loved Psalm 46. And he would sing it every time that they were in danger, which was quite often. And in his version of, of this song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, in the last verse he says, Jesus is by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life, goods, fame, child and wife. Let these all be gone. They yet have nothing won. The kingdom ours remaineth. See, in life we can't lose. In death we can't lose. Because of Jesus, God is our refuge and our strength ever present. God is with us.
we can be fearless. We can sing this song. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, lift our eyes. We need to see where our true security lies because it's so easy for us to get distracted and to put our confidence in these things around us. Lord, you are our life, our eternity, our strength and our refuge. Lord, when we dwell with you, we will know what it is truly like to really live. We thank you that we have a taste of it now, Lord, a deposit, your spirit in us, guaranteeing us that we will be with you for all eternity. Lord, when we are shaken in this life, Help us to remember that nothing can shake us out of your hand. Lord, hold us tight. Keep us in your care. Be for us our fortress. We need this and we pray because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen.